0: Before we begin this episode of Cult Cinema Catacombs, just wanted to make people aware that there is some language in this episode that not only will not be appropriate for younger listeners, but also may come off as offensive to some of our listeners out there. Do know that there is no ill will that is being presented here in this episode. Some of the language here is being presented for basically representing what the mentality was during the time that the Star Wars Holiday Special was made, which was 1978. On top of that, we would be remiss if we did not dedicate this episode to the memory of one of the most important people involved in the Star Wars universe, Mr. David Prowse, the man behind Darth Vader. You will be greatly missed, and your kind soul will always be remembered. We We're back. Yeah. Uh, did you miss us? Uh,
1: Probably not. They, they got a lot going on. I don't <laughs> want to put us on them too with everything else that's happening in the world.
0: Yeah. So um, thank you so much for uh, being patient while I was in recovery uh, for um, the, the nice little Halloween scare that I'm, that my body had there. But I'm, I'm back. I'm alive. And we're back to torture you with uh, – one of the most torturous things that exists in the world. I the, don't agree with that. Star, I don't agree with that. The Star Wars holiday special is definitely deep hurting. It really is. Um, this is what we wanted to do actually for the month of November, but weren't able to. But we're still going to do it because it has to be. It has to be talked about. You can't talk about the Star Wars holiday special enough because of the fact that as much as George Lucas tried to sweep this under the rug and buy all master copies to make sure that it's never seen again. The fact that there are versions of it that distributed on VHS underground market and is now available to watch on YouTube, and Rift Tracks owns a copy of it complete with Rift uh, and commercials, that means George Lucas gloriously failed. Um, to the point where now the Star Wars holiday special aspects of it are actually now Canon yep in the Star Wars universe uh, very specifically, the idea of life Day itself is Canon and B Arthur's character Akmina, is now Canon uh, because of the book Star Wars um what was the name of the book uh producer Chris? the 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 collection of stories that Star Wars came oh Star Wars from a different point of view there is a story about Akmina in there A certain point of view certain point of view yes so that also means that Wookie porn is a thing oh yeah
1: VR Wookie porn that was my favorite part is it Starship what what
0: yeah Jefferson Starship is in is is canon in the
1: Star Wars, the Star Wars universe which is I can't that is amazing.
0: Of course it is. So is Art Carney um, and Harvey Korman. Uh, Harvey Korman and drag. Yeah, Harvey Korman and drag as well. Yes. What, you, when was the last time you remember watching this? It's atrocity? been a long
1: time. It's probably been fifteen years. Uh, I know the first time I watched it was, was at a local was uh, at a local comic book convention. Some guy tucked into a corner had like a VHS TV combo playing it. That's the first time I ever remember even knowing of its existence. But the last time was probably 15 years ago. Um, It's been a while. It's been a long while.
0: It's, um, it's, it's crap. It really is. But I don't know, man.
1: It's, it's like anything else that Star Wars, it, it it all has its place. You know, I, I, it has the first appearance of Boba Fett in it. So it'll always have a special place in my heart for that, you know? uh it has uh it it has harvey corman <laughs> but you know but we talked about this during um during the um during the Halloween special where I have a really huge special place in my heart for um variety style shows, so mm-hmm. this falls into that category those shows i don't care what they are it's very hard for them to do wrong by me. Like you know, they're just always so weird. So I I can't I can't fault it. I can't do it. <laughs> I know everybody I know everybody's like you know, and it ain't great. It, it's not a it's not you know fantastic. Uh, but the, the fact that it's so weird and coked out for its time, you know, in an encapsulation <laughs> of its time period is just like the best for me.
0: Yeah, there was definitely, especially oh. in Carrie Fisher, there's a lot of cocaine going on. So much um, coke. Now with, I mean, with Mark Hamill, I mean, this th- this was made shortly after his motorcycle accident, so they like pancaked the living oh, yeah. hell out of his face to hide the scars. I oh, on- thought that was B. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, not only did they have all that, you know, that massive layers of pancake makeup that made him look like he was like going to do kabuki theater, um, he was also high on painkillers as well, okay. and. You could tell. You could definitely tell. Uh, you could tell that Harrison Ford did not want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Carrie Fisher was so flying high on, on the angel dust. And um, definitely so at this point, too. We're not yeah. speaking out of class. Like she has come out since. Oh, yeah, like she falls out on that yeah. thing. Um, you know, I, I have to say something I've observed so far about Harrison Ford. He's the only actor in Hollywood I know who's so successful he hates his own success. <laughs> he does come he's, off that way he's he's yeah. become a curmudgeon he really has he's, also, he's always hated star wars since day one he's hated it he hates everything yeah. yeah that's
1: just who he is he hated what was it six days and seven nights or whatever that movie was he hated oh, right. everyone hated that the only he, thing i think he didn't hate was indiana jones because was just a lot of leather
0: yeah <laughs> he hated witness he hates air force one i mean yeah he just hates He's He's like, he's, he's
1: just, he would much rather, this is his job and he would much rather like just, you know, every five years get his ear pierced and, um, just relax. That's, that's his, that's his bag.
0: Um, there's some great trivia about the Star Wars holidays. First, first of all, for those out there, if you've never seen this, it is widely available to watch on YouTube. Now there, the version we're going to watch is the one that clocks in at one hour and 56 minutes. There's two versions. There's one that's an hour and 36 minutes and one that's an hour and 56 minutes. Uh, We're watching the one that clocks in at an hour and 56 minutes because that includes all the original commercial breaks that happened uh, during the show as well. And some of the commercials are choice. They're just, wow, the best of 70s television, let me tell you. some trivia that I found out about the Star Wars Holiday spe- Special, uh, the biggest what-the-hell one that I found out actually deals with Harvey Korman. Oh, okay. Um, so Harvey Corman was brought in because a couple of writers of The Carol Burnett Show worked as writers on the Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, so did Bruce Valanche and Pat Prof. Yes. Yes. Uh, so those are like two big names that are, and you could tell when Bruce Valanche's material comes in. But it's like I see Pat Prof's name and I'm like, wow, you went on to go do some shit. You survived the Star Wars Holiday Special. Um, but originally it was not, Harvey Korman was actually not supposed to play the roles that he played in this special. Uh, it was going to be Robin Williams really yes uh but at the time robin williams was not really a known name yet this was just like yeah when they were filming this it had just been before morgan mindy came on the air yeah and he was just known for his stand up routine and they caught his stand up the the people uh the, the writers and they're like Oh, God, this guy's a comedy genius. We need to have him on the show. So they talked with the director and with the executives at CBS, and they're like, no, we want to go with a name. Well, the Star Wars Holiday Special aired on November 18th, 1978, uh, which will forever be known. November 18th will forever be known. Is its is it 18th or the 13th, Life Day? You want go the computer? I don't know. I, I can't <laughs> remember. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, producer Chris. my my brandy and cream (laughs) Uh, November 17th so November 17th is forever known as Life Day for everyone in the Star Wars uh, universe well a few months prior to that Mork and Mindy made its debut and Robin Williams was hot as shit so can you imagine if the studio executives would have listened to the writer and had Robin Williams involved with this, it probably I mean, it still would have been a piece of shit, but it probably would have been a bigger ratings bonanza had like they had a watchable pieces. Yeah, had they had you the know, name... It would have been, I don't even know if
1: it I don't even know if it would have been watchable. watchable. It would have been insane.
0: Could,
1: can you imagine? it would have been the it would have wildest be- thing that's ever been on TV if Robin Williams would have played those Harvey Corbin <laughs> roles against like like the rest of the cast who was either high on opiates or
0: heroin. Like <laughs> Okay, I, good I god see, i would love to see him as a <laughs> child character because god damn can you imagine him just going off it would have been like the precursor to mrs doubtfire it would have
1: 100 percent been the precursor to missus i i'm pretty sure that we that that's probably where he watched that and said i can do that <laughs> and that's where mrs doubtfire came from
0: um so yeah that would that one just blew me away um uh, George Lucas actually gave a copy of this, uh, like a master copy of this to Carrie Fisher as a way of saying thank you for coming in to record the DVD commentary for Star Wars Episode four. So okay. Carrie Fisher, so Carrie Fisher, uh, from that point on, whenever she had parties at her house and she felt that the guests were overstaying, her way to make the guests leave <laughs> was to put on the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> That's hilarious, which I think is a great uh, little piece of, of trivia. Uh, the, Carrie Fisher sings in this special, uh, and uh, she insisted on singing because she wanted to basically show that the apple didn't fall far from the tree when it came to her being, you know, Very the uh, you know Debbie Reynolds' daughter. However, the song that they chose, which was to write lyrics to the theme to Star Wars, the Life Day song. Just she just the the worst idea, by the way. She hated that song. She's like, I, I asked to sing and you give me this piece of shit. So, um, yeah, she was very upset about that, but she sang it anyway. And she's so, she's so glazed like a Krispy Kreme donut during that scene that I, I think at that point she didn't care. She just did right. what she had to do. Um, it was actually George Lucas's idea to focus on Chewbacca's family. Bruce Valanche originally did not want to do it uh, because he feared that it would turn into just one long episode of Lassie. But George Lucas refused to change it and said, no, I it to be Chewbacca's family. He originally intended the story of Chewbacca's family to appear somewhere in the Star Wars saga, so he decided to introduce them here. And then go from there. But because the Star Wars holiday special failed gloriously like it did, that was never pursued. Uh, But I think they should have probably listened to Bruce Valanche. Uh, I mean, the first 20 minutes is
1: wow. Uh, If you ever have the option to listen to Bruce, you should always listen to Bruce Valanche. That's. That's. You didn't get a lot wrong. I mean, I'm not saying he was. I'm not saying it was the, the, he was the most respected man
0: in Hollywood, but I'm saying not wrong a lot. But here's another oh my god, what the fuck um, piece of trivia that I found out. Uh, the character that Harvey Corman plays. Not yeah. not Harvey Corman, I'm sorry, but Art Carney.
1: Oh okay, yes, yes.
0: He was an early incarnation of Lando Calrissian. Apparently, this was supposed to be the Lando character, and we were going to see him in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, George Lucas originally described him as a gambler who ran a general store on Kashyyyk or a guy who trades with the Indians. But, as he put it, that's an actual quote. The guy who trades with uh, <laughs> the Indians. The guy who trades with the Indians. But because of how gloriously it failed, instead, thankfully, we got the Lando that we got. Um, I don't know. If I would have liked having Art Carney in Cloud City for episode five, I'm glad that that didn't happen. I really am.
1: The dynamic is is a little better with uh, with Lando and Darth Vader. I can't imagine that Art Carney and Darth Vader conversation, you know, uh, huh. When they're all having their Thanksgiving dinner, when uh, they get when they get rolled in, you know, at the, the trap. Like, can you imagine Art Carney in that? No. No. <laughs>
0: um, Bruce Valanche does admit that he was heavily using cocaine while writing this as well. So not only was the actors um, on cocaine, but so was the writers. Well, you'd almost have to. Yeah. Um, you're
1: being peer pressured by life at that point. When you're, <laughs> pretty much. When you're forced to do this.
0: Um, what's also interesting is that this is the first time that ever that James Earl Jones was credited as the voice of Darth Vader. He wasn't credited as the voice of Darth Vader in uh, Episode Four. That's because he didn't want to take the attention away from David Prowse, rest in peace. But this was the first time that they acknowledged that James Earl Jones was the voice of Darth Vader. Uh, which was interesting as well, I thought. Um, And also, according to Mark Hamill, George Lucas devised this one-off television special, the holiday special, to keep the unexpected success of the original 1977 release fresh in the fans' minds because he was busy writing Empire Strike back at that point, but we wouldn't get that until 1980, so it would be about three years before we got that. And basically, this whole thing was indeed created to sell merchandise. Of course, and to sell and to sell the toys that were coming into the store. However, when George Lucas finally watched the final production, he was absolutely horrified by what happened, and felt it could be easily seen as an attempt at a cheap cash-in. Well, but, duh, that's what, <laughs> that's what you just said it was, dude. I mean. like... I mean it, it it really is it was a a cheap uh cash in but it, it has went on to become Don't say beloved. No, not beloved. No, it's become notorious and it, it I mean it was it became one of those things where people like I said you would go to conventions and those you know those shady people in the corner who had the bootleg CDs then it evolved to DVDs. It was one of the most sought after things. Oh yeah. Of people who either were old enough to remember watching it on television and knowing that it existed, or people who had heard tale of this thing, and all of a sudden saw and said, "Oh my God, this is real!" So they had to buy it to see it. To it believe. was the
1: it became the nerd equivalent of a snuff film. Yes. It definitely did. It was talked it, about, you know, in your circles. It was, you know, you would, it, it, you couldn't find it anywhere. You had to go to a shady guy at a convention in the back corner to, to get a bootleg copy. Of, like it was, it was a whole thing,
0: yeah. And I, it, it has become now a geek rite of passage to watch. The star wars holiday special i i i have friends devin pike for example who hosts a screening of it uh kind of like underground that way because he doesn't want disney to go after him because apparently disney owns the rights to this now even though they've not done anything to take it off of the internet um but he will host screenings of it and every year when i watch it with him online in the chat room, there's always at least one person who is was, who was watching it for the very first time. Their reactions are priceless. Uh, they, they were, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just sat through that thing. Um, and then they come back the next year because, I, you know, you're glutton for punishment. And I, I, that's, I think, the thing with the Star Wars Holiday Special is is that uh, part of its mystique is that it because it never had – an official release, and because George Lucas tried so hard to make it disappear and failed in it disappearing, that it's got that, it's it's one of the last few things out there that has that aura of mystique around it and has created the cult following that this thing now has. Honestly, it doesn't deserve its cult following because it's terrible, it's absolutely terrible. But it's also, for me, one of those bloody train wrecks that you can't turn away from while watching it because of how it unfolds. And you sit there and you're thinking, wow, they really thought this was a good idea.
1: Well, he made it so much worse. Yeah. You know, it's like the E.T. game. If they would have just let it come and go, um, it would have drifted out of zeitgeist and nobody would have paid attention to it. You know, I'm sure that star Wars fans would have laughed about it and said, you know, talked about how bad it was, but it wouldn't be what it is today. And, but, but instead they just drew so much attention to it by trying to get it pulled and not talk about it and ignore its existence. And uh, that, that it just, it drew the focus for years and years and continues to do so Mm -hmm. um, to this day. Uh, so the, I guess lesson learned, I don't know. Um, <laughs> instead of leaning into it, which is what I think they should have done, um, you know, apologize for the fact that you couldn't get, uh, Donnie and Marie Osmond, I guess. Uh, now you got, now you got this, this, uh, juggernaut, this cult juggernaut that can't be turned away from this Manos hands of fate that, <laughs> that no one will ever forget because of it. Yeah. And because of the because of the mythology that was built around it, um, because you kept trying to get it pulled and you kept trying to, you know, ignore its
0: existence and all of that. Exactly. And oh, and of course, the Wookiee porn. I mean, it's, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Let's not. N- nobody needs to forget the Wookiee porn. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's always forget that Diane Carroll is considered Wookiee porn. So um, and a family special. Folks, this this was this was aimed at children, and we have Wookie porn. I mean, it's 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 extremely soft core. Um, but, oh no, it's, it's it's Wookie burlesque. If you want to yeah. get like real r- real technical, but you could definitely tell that that's what's supposed to be, and it's just disturbing watching. A, uh, God, his name is Itchy. Watching Itchy's reaction to what he wanted
1: Grandpa Itchy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Itchy and, and Lumpy, I, I, the names. Lumpy, yeah. Lumpy, uh, which, you know, there's been many jokes about Lumpy over the years. Like uh, I've heard jokes like um, it's Adam Rich with a lot of hair. Uh, yep. <laughs> Paul Williams as Lumpy. You know, so there's been lots of jokes about the Lumpy character. If, if you're if, if you're out there and you're watching this for the very first time, I will let you know that there's actually something out there that it's funny you mentioned Donnie and Marie. There's actually something out there that is worse than the Star Wars holiday special, and that is the Donnie and Marie Osmond tribute to Star Wars. Uh, just, if you if you think that this two hour program is bonkers, you ain't seen nothing until you've watched high off his ass Chris Christopherson as Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donnie and Marie Osmond doing their musical ballet as Luke and Leia. Uh, if you kind got to think about it, it's kind of weird foreshadowing. Yeah. Seeing how brother and sister end up playing brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Fox as uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, or as he's called in the special Oki-Fanoki. Um, you have uh, the voice of Tony the Tiger as the voice of Darth Vader. And then as Grand Moff Tarkin, you have Paul Lynn. (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: And thank God, I guess, that Lucasfilm at that point wasn't nearly as litigious
0: as they became uh, because Donnie and Marie would be broke right now. And if that wasn't enough, the remaining Osmond brothers play singing, dancing stormtroopers. And you have that going on as well. It's just as train wrecky as you as, as you think it is, especially when um, they are blasting Grand Moff Tarkin into outer space, which I don't remember that happening in the movie. But they're blasting him off into outer space, and when they're doing that, they're singing "Leaving on a Jet Plane." Um, it's just it's. I recommend looking it up as well and just you know hanging on for the most cringiest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Speaking of which, are you ready to dive into the – I mean, God, it's been over 15 years for you. Are you ready to dive into the Star Wars holidays? Is
1: this the version that has uh, Timothy Dalton and Cloris Leachman having sex on screen like in the movie Angel Heart? No. No, okay. (laughs) I I saw that somewhere once. Um, Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: All right. So we're about ready to watch this thing in its entirety, commercials and all, um, dwarfs and all and everything, and we'll be back with our thoughts. Um, so let's so as as Jefferson Starship once said, set the sky on fire and let's get ready to watch the Star Wars <laughs> holiday special. Keep fighting the frizzies. <laughs> You lived.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I survived again. I'm like the Highlander of the Star Wars Holiday Special. I just keep coming back. You can't you can't beat me, Holiday Special. You keep trying, and you're not going to win. I did notice a few things in this viewing, though, that I, I think um, I let the shine of Star Wars hide, and I think you've made me a, a worse person, so now I watch things as much more an asshole because, you know, Liquid Sky. So uh, now now I noticed a few things, I think, that I, I didn't notice prior.
0: Well, first of all, I, I mean, you, you texted me and said, please make sure you remember the timestamp of 12 minutes and yeah. 27 seconds. So why that specific timestamp?
1: Because uh, that's the amount of time into the film before you get anything in fucking English. <laughs> It is 12 minutes and 27 seconds of Wookiees screaming at each other. <laughs> you get no, you get the opening bit about like um you get the opening bit with them deciding that, to go, you know, to take uh to take Chewie home to life day. But yeah. immediately following that, you get nothing but Wookiees screaming at each other for 12 minutes. And 27 seconds of this film, like that is the that is the opening of the movie. You open your Star Wars movie, your Star Wars movie. There has never been a more uh, licensable, like more recognizable property. Even at that time, that's why they made it because it was an insane smash. Uh-huh. And you open it with w- Wookies you've never seen screaming at each other for 12 minutes. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the, the belovedness that is, uh, Lumpy, who is, like, the most brattiest kid on the it's like, with Mala telling him, come in here and do these dishes, he's like, eh, eh. <laughs> and eh, and, and, and Itchy does, does, is like, fuck off, I, yeah, yeah. yeah Itchy's,
1: Itchy's a whole other thing, and also, um, I'm pretty sure that, uh, that this movie was the so we say that uh what was it due date is the um is the heir apparent the natural successor to planes trains and automobiles I'm pretty sure planes trains and automobiles was the 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 successor to this film <laughs> I just want to be clear about that I'm pretty sure that uh that Han and Chewie trying to make it home for the holiday um while crash landing on a planet and having Boba Fett you know help them slash hunt them down and you know having to run a blockade. And uh in and, and the whole nine yards is just the precursor to um to them making planes, trains, and automobiles. Somebody was a huge fan of this. I think that's somebody who who directed planes, trains, and automobiles? God, uh damn it. Was
0: it John Hughes, I think?
1: Was it John it I think it was John. God what? I
0: John Hughes. I could take, I could quickly take a look here. Now well. we're now we're just gonna talk about John Hughes for uh <laughs> actually I want to discuss the 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 circus so gay moment that uh, lumpy watches uh, in order to help distract him I mean it's obvious Mala really didn't want him to watch the the thing um, but itchy decides in order to distract lumpy plays this bizarre circus um, as riff tracks affectionately described it as uh, Elton John's fever dream uh, I, I-
1: yeah, I really think that, uh, you know, Mala is a no-screens mom, you know? And uh, and Itchy definitely just doesn't care. He
0: mm-hmm. was just
1: like, just shut up, kid. I'm Walter <laughs> Matthau from Grumpy Old
0: Men. And yes, John Hughes did direct plays straight okay. Automobiles.
1: He did not direct the, the Christmas special, though.
0: No, he did not direct Are it. we
1: sure about that? Yeah, he did not direct He did not problem. ghost direct it? No. He was not there, just hanging out? Getting high with No Terry <laughs> Fisher
0: in wow. his weird wow.
1: like Stanford uh, sweatshirts just getting high watching this and be like, No, no, you you need more you need more gay holograms. Can you can you get more of those in here? Anybody got a leather jacket for uh
0: go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I literally just finished watching this thing.
0: I, uh, well, I mean, some great tidbits that I've heard about this is is like (laughs) Bruce Valanche, um, who was one of the head writers of this special, he he has affectionately said that with the beginning of the movie with the Wookiee screaming at each other, he says it sounds like two fat men trying to have sex.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, My cats were disturbed.
0: Um yeah, just the whole thing is just like um, I, I, I think the best way I could describe the Star Wars holiday special is that the whole thing is just two hours of well, that was a choice. Yeah, and it really yeah. was.
1: So, do we know after the after the part one of this after we talked earlier, do we know if the choice was made for Robin Williams like they how badly they wanted him? Did they write the part for him?
0: Apparently, apparently they the writers really, really, really wanted Robin Williams and the directors in CBS were like, no, we don't know who the hell this person is. He's a stand up comedian. We want a name. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 felt that Robin Williams would have actually been a asset to the special in a way it's kind of a good thing that robin williams was not involved because it probably would have i mean he survived popeye but he survived a lot he survived a lot of bad
1: projects let's be let's be honest
0: here i don't i think that early in his career i don't think it would have survived the star wars holiday special
1: but so much Uh, of it felt like was written for him
0: yeah i mean you know when you listen to it Especially the bit with Harvey Corman as the robot uh, trying to tell yeah. you how to put the the, the 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 machine together, definitely has a Robin Williams vibe to it. Um, yeah, I see that. I, the Julia Child moment, I definitely see Robin Williams doing. I mean, Harvey Corman in drag. I mean, that that was a given for the '70s. I mean, he did that all the time on the Carol Burnett show. But, uh, but also, it just wasn't. None
1: of it was funny. No. Like, was, none of it was, it was like, work. there wasn't a funny moment in the, like, juxtapose this thing with the Halloween special. You know, it was dated, yes, but I laughed my ass off all the way through that Halloween special. Mm-hmm. And this, I didn't, I didn't even laugh once, like, like, not once. Um, I, I'm trying to think of a, a time when I, I don't think there was a single time. Like I don't think it was a single joke that landed
0: for me. No, I mean the whole thing just the the whole thing was flat. I mean not only with the jokes that Harvey Corman was doing, but with Art Carney doing his shtick. I especially when he's setting up the um, the player to play the Jefferson Airplane song.
1: <laughs> that was funny. I and, mean I mean the Jefferson Airplane part was funny. It was ironically funny, but it was yeah. still funny.
0: But with Art Carney doing his you know his vaudeville shtick of You know, like making sure everything's neat and tidy and then catching the fly in the air and stomping it to death. And then all of a sudden, the Imperial General turns into Jack Benny and is like, well, you stop that. You know, it just it didn't work. You mean that didn't resonate with 10 year olds? No. (laughs) (laughs) vaudeville, Vaudeville, that's eternal. Yes. That's evergreen. So everybody's
1: is dream is yeah. I mean the ten year olds love Jefferson Airplane and Vaudeville, and they love it even more when it's in the same sketch. Yes. I don't know if he did that or not. That's <laughs> yes, that's a that's a killer with the with the uh, the playground set. That'll <laughs> that'll kill it.
0: At least Grace Slick was smart at this point to go off and do some solo work before rejoining Jefferson Starship when <laughs> they became Starship. So she was smart to say okay, bye bitches. But then she yeah. recorded "We Built This City." Yeah, then she recorded "We Built This City." You know what else ten-year-olds love? Just another Sunday <laughs> on this tired yeah. old street, Chris. Some, something else ten-year-olds love to watch: gay not gay, gay not gay comedians do cooking show drag. Yes. Uh, you know what else
1: kids love to watch? Um, a uh, Casablanca-esque homage by B. Arthur singing about how the Reich has to shut down her bar. That's yeah. great.
0: Yeah. With Harvey Korman as an alien who drinks by pouring it into the top of yeah, his head. Trying
1: to, trying to, trying to in, a, in the most maudlin way ever, like, express his love for her in a, in a Star Wars special um, that they were hoping would appeal to children. So, uh, <laughs> it was vaguely touching. I'll, I'll give it that.
0: But, I... God this film it, it choices the movie that's i guess what i can say is is that this was because I mean not only did they write lyrics to the Star Wars theme music for Carrie Fisher to sing, Badger. but then badly, but yeah, they yeah. also took the Cantina song and wrote lyrics to it for oh, B yeah. Arthur to sing.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. And and yeah. took it like down key and then uh, against tempo for yeah. her to like <laughs> I, I, I was fully expecting her to bust into uh, by me or Shane at some point. <laughs> like and then have swing dancing and guys in newsy caps. Um you know, air, air raid sirens
0: and that didn't was, happen. unfortunately, it didn't happen. I was actually waiting for one of the aliens to stand up and it'd be Lucille Ball and they start singing Bosom Buddies from MAME is what I was waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> though, I, though I will
1: say, I will say... Um I I I, I hot taked you uh directly on this one Th- that uh that uh weird VR fantasy that Itchy has is the worst <laughs> the worst James Bond theme song I've ever heard before <laughs> I listened to it I was like holy this is bad like like but could be a v- a, a James Bond theme song I think <laughs> I think it could I think that the little retooling they could do it
0: there's a fan theory out there, actually, about that, that VR Wookie porn moment that the uh, creatures that are swimming around, the fan theory is it's supposed to be sperm. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is disturbing enough already. I think it's um, midichlorians. <laughs> horny midichlorians?
1: Or, horny, Yeah. Not to mention the fact that, like I told you, Mala was horny on main for Han. Like you could just, as soon as he walks in, it's like, it's, I don't know whether it was that or, or the actress that was playing Mala, um, actually like,
0: it was an actor that was playing. Cool.
1: That's, I mean, one way or another, like just to breathe some life into that life, that scene, because God knows how much of that, you know, was shot and when and how, um, but just like, thank God, someone else is here that isn't that uh, uh, just uh, dead,
0: just DOA. <laughs> um, speaking of choices with this thing, who whose idea was it to have Art Carney bare chested almost throughout the entire um, thing? I mean, he just had way too many buttons unbuttoned on his shirt for my comfort level. And yeah, who decided this- the universe needed
1: a bunch of like half-dressed uh like old men in it? Like, wait,
0: I'm glad that that didn't stick in, you know. I'm glad he didn't become the Lando character for Empire Strikes Back. I'm so glad. Like we mentioned in part 1 because good god. I mean, no. <laughs> it's rough. Just, just it's no. rough. And, and, and speaking of which, the, the scene where he is in his curio shop trying to sell his wares to the impatient Imperial shopper, um, when he's not only trying to sell the miniature aquarium, but the hot comb. The hot uh, comb,
1: sure. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the early Star Wars equivalent of Wish. You It's going to show up in your feed. You don't need it, but there it is.
0: It's like he's telling all the things that this thing does, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it's a friggin' hot comb.
1: It's a hot comb, dude. <laughs> Do did, did they have it in the commissary on you know, at the studio? Is that where you got it? Like, oh, we need something. Somebody run down to the commissary and find some stuff. This tiny aquarium and a hot comb. All right.
0: <laughs> um. God, what else? I mean, God, there's just so many things to... Discuss a lot with this thing.
1: I think my favorite part of the entire thing was um, the end. Um, <laughs> and and it's not. It, yeah, I know. That's a. <laughs> speaking of vaudeville... My favorite build, part uh, is it ended. <laughs> take my wife, please. Um, no, but my favorite part of of the end of it was that you kept getting these like real tight, like talking head, smash cut, like overlay. Of like Han and and Luke and all and, and Chewy and, and to a, to a person, none of them looked happy or thrilled
0: to be there yeah. in any way, shape, or form. It's, it was great. Especially it could have been a sketch. Ford. What's that? Especially Harrison Ford. He no. he looked like he was in pain the entire time. Right. And you know
1: that he can deliver lines better than he did in this thing. Yeah. Um, But he at least he was like, all right, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to if I'm going to do the job, like I'm going to I'm going to at least like kind of sell it. So like he acted, I think, at least a little bit. (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, like, you know, when he came running in. Uh, to their life day celebration to immediately leave and then show up 10 minutes later Mm -hmm. Uh, apparently they don't validate parking on Kashyyyk and he (laughs) had to go (laughs) had to go get his had to go get the Millennium Falcon um and where did you then park it pal like um
0: wherever that mystic portal is that they enter life day into I was just like that moment I was just like, what wait a minute. What 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 is going on here? What in the name of Star Trek the Motion Picture is going on here when they're entering they're entering V'ger to go visit Life Day? Is yeah, what but it, if felt they had, had a mystic
1: life day portal anyway that would all go to a central location, why were they worried about trying to get Chewy to Life Day? <laughs> Assholes <laughs>
0: Well, he had to dress up like a, th- a Thelonious monk just like the rest of them, you know. Oh, so yeah, yeah. That,
1: he had to yeah, he had to put on his occultist robes in yeah. order
0: to light his candle,
1: walk in a circle to get to the portal to life day. And, and then and, Han just comes and, walking in.
0: And hold his globe filled with fiber optic lighting that you would buy at a cure from a Filipino in the seventies.
1: Sure, it was one of those trees. <laughs> I used to have like five of those trees. Uh, can we just talk about the
0: commercials for the rest of the show? Because uh, then that- oh, we'll, oh, we'll get to the commercials. Oh. The There's two more things I do want to well, three more things I do want to address about the special itself. Uh, one, uh, Luke's makeup. Oh yeah. Oh Are yeah. You, I, I I understand. I mean, I understand. They were trying to cover up the the scars and everything from the accident. They could have done such a better job than what they did because the makeup combined with him being high on Oxycontin was just a scary combination because he just had like the hey, look he, sh- he showed up
1: on set and I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't like that you're threatening me with your face, Mark <laughs> Hamill. This is unacceptable.
0: I mean, just I. It, it was terrifying looking. It was absolutely terrifying looking. It was more terrifying than than itchy watching the porn, in my opinion. Um, so there was that. Uh, the segment that is considered, I guess, the best moment of the whole special is the animated segment where right. we 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 you know, get you know Boba Fett's introduction. But the one thing that has always stood out for me about this animated sex- segment is just how. Well, two things that stand out. One, just how they made C3PO gayer than gay in this segment uh by having him literally limp-wristed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just like they have they 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 have him as a 1930 as a 1920s and 30s pre Hayes production called Sissy in
1: se- <laughs> I think he was in the uh what was the movie we watched? Uh the the, the-
0: Deceivers.
1: yeah I think he was one of the gay deceivers.
0: yeah yeah I, I, yeah I was I was half waiting for him to scream about stepping on his peonies I really yeah, right um, is, is we have that and then the just the odd proportions on Han solo I mean marigolds! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it just me or did Han Solo's face look like that moment in Army of Darkness when Bruce Campbell gets yeah, yes. out of the book after being sucked into it and his yeah. chin just stretched beyond proportion
1: and Luke's Luke's wasn't bad or Luke's was pretty bad also but you didn't recognize it because of Luke's <laughs> face in real life
0: so oh Luke's he he had fair faucet hair in that animated segment I mean it was feathered beyond belief oh yeah and, <laughs> And, and Leia had like DSLs. Mm. I mean, I, I, I mean, she, was that, was that Ralph like, Ashke? Who, who did no, the animation? No, it was it was it was Nelvana, the, the people oh, who okay. went on to do actually one of the movies that we reviewed Rock and Rule. Yes, they yeah. Okay. That.
1: Yeah, it made that makes sense.
0: Yeah, they went on to do Rock and Rule and then went on to do Alvin and the Jetmunks. <laughs> uh, so okay. um but yeah, I mean, just the, I mean, the art, the, I mean, some of the artwork works for it, especially when they get to the the weird alien planet. But then again, some of the other choices are just like that's really bizarre. Um, the final thing I want to discuss about the special is we we can't talk about the special without talking about just how coked out uh, Carrie Fisher was, and the and the, I mean. Uh, you could tell while she's singing the song that she's coked out, especially when she gets all like the uh, the ecstasy fuzzies with nuzzling on Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you're soft. But the part where you can definitely tell she's extremely coked out is when she's rounding the corner of her desk to go address Mala on camera, and she hip checks the desk and doesn't even notice it. <laughs> She, she just hip checks it, stumbles and keeps going with her with her glazed over face. I'm just like, oh my God, when that happens. I mean she's so flying high at that point. And then oh, when she's like when they do ahead. that close up when they do that close-up on her and she's so drugged out of her mind that at one point her eyes suddenly go all umathermy-y, you know, starting to spread apart. Like and I'm just like, ooh, is is she getting Pennywise eyes there or something? What the hell?
1: Well, during during the song, you know, she can't focus on one thing for longer than like five seconds. No, it's just drifting and
0: drifting and drifting. And I'm just like, holy shit. I just, and, and it made it made me wonder whether I was beginning to question whether Carrie Fisher actually had lazy eye because you it literally did look like pennywise at one point when the you the know, pennywise started drifting off to the side uh in the remake of it <laughs> i'm going ah it was uncomfortable i <laughs> will say
1: my favorite leia moment was uh my favorite like movie choice leia moment was she had to call because han solo and chewbacca hadn't shown up yet and hadn't checked in so she had to call chewbacca's house so she calls chewbacca's house and um, Mala gets on there. And she just. Ber- like. Like. Um, like. Uh, like. T- like. T- like, t- like t- telling her to Like. Might as well have been telling her to smile more. You know? <laughs> like. Oh, okay. Okay, Mala. Uh, is. Is. Is Han and Chewie there? Oh. Not. Is there anyone else I can talk to? Anyone, Mala. I don't want like, I, like I don't holy want to shit is, the is there a human there is, is, it, i don't want to sound you know but is there a you know a human being that i can talk to she was possible. point she really did i you're really well spoken but is there a human there i can talk to like oh oh yeah
0: it's, just, it, it's like it was a it was a double slap because not only was it a slap in the face of Mala, but it was also a slap in the job of C-3PO because it was like she was saying, no, I don't want to speak to this Wookiee and no, I don't want to hear from you, faggot. You right.
1: know, <laughs> and then this guy she's never met before shows up and she's like, oh, I trust you. I trust you to take care of these people. Oh,
0: not Mala who old man, I can trust you.
1: Who is, who's married? Who's ma- has been married to Chewbacca and has dealt with his bullshit of just running around with me for probably what is now years and leaving you and the kids home to fend for yourselves? You, not that you haven't done a good job, but I'm gonna trust uh, three-button McGee over here. Um, <laughs> I was
0: just like, I I literally was like, ooh, out loud, I went, no, ooh, that's that's bad. Oh, it was definitely a cringeworthy moment. It really was. Uh, It was was Leia looking to be mansplained is what it was. Yeah. uh, So anyway, yes, let us talk about these wonderful commercials. So the version that we watched, again, like I mentioned in part one, there are two versions of this available online, one with the credits and one uh, with the commercials. And one without the commercials. Do yourself a favor: watch the version with the commercials, so you could watch the finest in 1970s awesome. advertisements. It's so I, good. I mean, these the commercials in the 70s were just so. It was the wild, wild west because it was at this point where they stopped doing commercials integrated into the television shows themselves, and. It was just, you know, commercial breaks and all bets were off. And proof of that is the commercial, I think, for the women's undergarment. So uh, oh, good. So the women's union led by Dorothy Michaels from Tootsie <laughs> and, and a couple of other men who look like they shouldn't have a job designing women's undergarments because they had like pervert Pete look all over them and i mean i love that i love the commercial for the Wiz, trying to sell us on the fact that this movie was a giant hit in the box office and i'm like no it wasn't this movie notoriously bombed what are you guys talking about uh, <laughs> hey listen i'm glad to know
1: that the bobcat wagon only costs four thousand one hundred and forty two bucks <laughs> um and i'm also glad to know that that uh that the, the animal rights uh, people weren't uh, uh, too active in 1978 when they had a tiny baby bobcat just running all over the goddamn place.
0: <laughs> it was great. It was great. And, and was like great. you mentioned, we're, we need some anison, and I think we also need some contact.
1: We need some contact. We need some woolite. We need some anison. I really, I really want an
0: Egg McMuffin.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and you know what? We need to watch. We need to make sure we catch that upcoming episode of Sky High. Uh oh, what about uh, what about sh- what's her, the what's her teeth? the television show that doesn't even have a Wikipedia page?
1: What about What's Her Teeth goes to Nashville? Uh,
0: what was? <laughs> oh, Lucy comes to Nashville. That's yeah. right. Uh, we got to make sure we watch that. And Dolly. And Dolly, um, for sure, Dolly. Sure- but most of all, we got to make sure we catch. Um, and we're probably going to do, if we can find a copy of this online, we most likely we're gonna do it. We're going to do it. Yeah, if, if, if we find a copy, we will do the made for television story of the Bible where they address the Garden of Eden, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, <laughs> basically everything in the beginning chapters of the Bible. Uh, I'm very curious to see. How especially how they handle Sodom and Gomorrah? Um, it's like you mentioned the 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 Charlton Heston knockoff that we saw with the fake prosthetics on his face so and side profile, out of all things, God,
1: it's so good. I I, <clears throat> I immediately saw it and wrote you. I was like, we are fuck, we are watching this. <laughs> nobody has nobody says anything. We're watching it. We're gonna watch it. <laughs> We're gonna watch it.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna hunt down for it, see if I can find it, because it, that definitely screams we need to see this thing so thank you so thank you star wars holiday special for for bringing us the, the the knowledge that this was something that was made
1: who do i need to talk to to join the international lady garment workers union <laughs>
0: <laughs> that dorothy michaels looking woman i guess i don't know I guess. i guess i
1: did i did i know you commented but i did really enjoy the one-two punch of the anison commercial and the um, the Sheer Indulgence commercial back-to-back. <laughs> Whoever programmed those two commercials back-to-back deserves whatever award you give people who program commercials. Uh, that was great.
0: Indulgence.
1: Oh, they also had a really long um, commercial for, for The Wiz
0: on Broadway. Oh, no, it was The Wiz movie. Oh, was it The Wiz movie? Yeah, it was The Wiz movie. That's why I was like, don't try to sell this thing as being a big hit. This film was Oh,
1: that one, oh. yeah. yeah.
0: I was like, this film was such a fucking bomb. Don't try to sell it as this big hit. Um, I mean, and, and and then plus also all of the uh, the commercials for the people whose jobs have been replaced by robots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also just a lot
1: of phones.
0: Yes. I, I totally forgot that, you know, back then they had commercials to sell home telephones. And, yeah. I'm, think, and I'm thinking to myself... So they are going to have you spend money on – it's not like, you know, having a cell phone today where, you know, you can pick and choose what kind of, you know, fancy features you want on either your iPhone or your Android. I mean, back then, you got a standardized telephone in your home, but then (laughs) –
1: you can buy all kinds of I had phones.
0: Then Ma Bell is like, well, why settle for that phone when you can have the Mickey Mouse phone?
1: Bitch, yeah, get, get you a hamburger phone.
0: <laughs> get you a princess phone. You yeah. know? <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah. And, 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 and the thing that killed me was the two people who, when exchanging gifts at Christmas, they bought each other a telephone. And not like some fancy schmancy pretty telephone. Your basic office telephone is what they bought and each other. And they got o- the same telephone. Yeah, they, the, the same yeah. phone. And they're all happy because they're like, we got the same phone. I'm like, oh, that's romantic. Right. Like,
1: <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs>
0: But yeah, definitely watch the version with the commercials. And, and and then, I mean, I'm not asking you, Andy, to do it now because you need to, you know, take a few days' breather. But for everybody else as well, do yourself a favor and just you need to go to RiffTracks.com, purchase and download their version of the Star Wars Holiday Special. They riff the version with all the commercials. And it is gut bustingly hilarious to hear the commentary that they give not only on the Star Wars holiday special but on the commercials as well I mean they just go all out on this thing um it's it's definitely one of their best riffs, and I'm surprised that it's still available to download I mean you know what you're getting yourself into immediately when the very first shot is um the the Millennium Falcon being chased by the Imperial Star Cruisers, and you hear Bill Corbin immediately go Hitler's Death Armada. Yeah. See, <laughs> so you automatically know what you're getting yourself into at that very moment, and just the the, the, the <laughs> they, they tease us with B Arthur and her erotic fan dance, and then when they show Art Carney, they're like as Beatrice Arthur. Yeah, so just, <laughs> it is just literally it's 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 like the movie airplane just neck breaking speed of the jokes that fly out on this thing and deservingly so
1: yeah uh, I, it, it was it was great it,
0: <clears throat> it's it's
1: also it's also just seriously great to go down that like local news rabbit hole too like god i love it i love it there's just there's just something so nothing is more nostalgic than commercials Based in the 70s and 80s, if you're from the 70s and
0: 80s, like and then, you get a, then you get a news update about Khrushchev, you know? I just yep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? We hope you're enjoying the Star Wars holiday special. Meanwhile, Khrushchev is threatening to bomb America.
1: There is one. Okay, so when they were updating, when they were doing the TV shows, um, what's the guy's name from Three's Company? John was, Ritter. No, 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 no. The the handyman, and not Don Knotts.
0: Oh God! I got Norman Fellman. Norman was, Fell. Norman
1: Fell. There was a there was
0: a scene. Oh, oh the guy from One Day at a Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: CBS,
1: you're on. And then at the end, there he, he he's a little talking head in the circle in the bottom right of the screen, like where they're <laughs> giving you what's coming, and he goes, and I want that so bad as a gift. <laughs> if somebody can isolate that and send it to me of him just going at the bottom of that screen. God, God
0: damn it. Just give it. Find uh, it for We're me. blessed with him and we're blessed with Valerie Bertinelli. <laughs> and I love the fact that they point out at the very beginning that, be, that this show was being shown in place of both wonder woman and the incredible Hulk. Yes. It's yes. Like so, so disappointing to know that we're not getting two of the best seventies television shows. <laughs> so because get this of piece. this thing.
1: <laughs> oh, all right, all right. What are we doing next? I want to know. I've well, been waiting and patiently to find out.
0: Well, we're gonna give we're gonna give our listeners another episode this month because it's Christmas, and um, I've realized that we've never done a Christmas movie on this show. Well, we haven't. No, we have so not. So it's it's time for us to do a Christmas movie, and I I have decided that since 2020 was such a dumpster fire of a year that we need to do a our last movie of the year needs to be a, a just as equal as a dumpster fire okay, okay. and fortunately youtube had the, the 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 brilliant idea of making this movie available to watch for free right now on youtube so i went Perfect. We don't have to spend money on this goddamn thing because I wouldn't spend money on this goddamn thing anyway. Um, so it is a Christmas movie. It is from the 2010s. It does not star Medea. So.
1: Well, I'm don't. already upset. So go, go <laughs> on.
0: We will be doing Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Oh, for God's sakes, man. All right. <laughs> I mean you I can't think of a better dumpster fire of a movie to end 2020 on than that. Uh, so we're going to be doing Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas, and to our Patreon subscribers again, thank you so much for being patient with us while I was recovering. We will get to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes in our discussion of the franchise. Trust us, we will get to it. it I mean, it's going to take a while for us to watch everything and and be able to do an extensive discussion on it. In the meantime, uh, for our Patreon subscribers, I have found something for Andy and I to watch and discuss, and we wanna strike this iron while it's hot because we have no idea how long this is gonna last with its availability online. It's one of the most infamous short films ever made. So infamous that it's never received an official release. Um, If movie theaters even attempt to show it as part of a film festival or anything, they could be facing litigation and lawsuits from Um, multiple parties that are involved and it's because of not only what the subject matter is but how the subject matter is told i'm speaking of course of superstar the karen carpenter story Uh, this is a 45 minute short film about the life and death of karen carpenter uh told through a cast of barbie dolls um and Needless to say, this movie has had massive legal injunctions from not only the Karen Carpenter estate, but also Mattel, uh, because it depicts a lot dying of anorexia. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a deep, 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 deep underground movie. I've never seen it. I've always wanted to see it ever since I first heard about it. I heard it's dark as hell. Um, And just the absurdity of that this guy had the balls to make a movie like this uh, i was like okay yeah this 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 we need to do this for our patreon subscribers so if you're not a patreon des- subscriber and you want to hear us talk about one of the most notorious movies ever made s- sign up that episode com- <laughs> that's that, that coming. episode is coming this month as well as kirk cameron saving christmas and i promise you andy that we will start 2021 with a better movie uh <laughs> I'm going to need something to clear
1: my palate. After yeah, we're going to have a palate this, after
0: Kirk superstar, Cameron. Superstar,
1: then Kurt Cameron
0: saves Christmas. Yes, we're going to have a palate cleanser, I promise. <laughs> <clears throat> Again, thank you so much, everyone, for being patient. Uh, for, and thank you for you know, spreading the kind word about our show and everything. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at These Films Exist. Uh, our Facebook page is still alive, so you can find us on Facebook as well. Uh, our Patreon link is patreon.com forward slash so I watch this and um, yeah, we'll be back later on this month with uh, our discussion of uh, Kirk Cameron's opus. <laughs> really? <laughs> the movie, really? Okay. The movie, he thought he was a good idea. So
1: well, this is the movie that was going to launch his. Uh, well, wasn't he in the he was in the left behind movies, wasn't he?
0: He was in the left behind movies and he thought that this movie was going to like be the most important movie ever made. And it went on to win the Razzie Award for worst movie of two thousand nice. and fourteen. Nice. I and I I remember right, he was up against a Twilight movie. So that <laughs> says a lot because Twilight guaranteed Twilight and Medea were guaranteed wins at the Razzie Awards during the two thousand and tens. But, no, Kirk Cameron decided to make this movie, and all bets were off at that point. (laughs) All right, let's get to it. All righty, guys. See you next time, and we will talk to you later.